This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Welcome to our American Horror Story 1984 minisode. This week we are dissecting episode 8, Rest in Pieces. Each week we will be dissecting every episode of the slasher-themed season of American Horror Story, going over the synopsis, the kill list, and our usual dissection. Um, just in case any noise comes up, I have my dog right now, and I don't get her very often, so I'm not blocking her out of the room. She seems to be pretty chill. Uh, chewing on my blanket right now so is she a little cray cray yeah she can be a little nuts she's usually not super loud but um but heads up if you hear mysterious noises it belongs to a dog named phoebe yeah to phoebes uh this episode aired 11 6 2019 by the way uh we don't know what happened to our episode 7 it will go up we did record it we recorded it on halloween so you'll have i guess bonus episodes back-to-back episodes yeah um but this one aired november 6 2019 um, we have our first repeat director of the series, uh, Gwyneth Horton Payton, who also directed episode five, Red Dawn. And she was, um, as we discussed in that episode, she's tackled Walking Dead, Tyrant, Sons of Anarchy, and then posed an American crime story. So she's a Murphy wheelhouse person. Mm-hmm. And then Adam Penn is the writer of this episode. Um, and he is a producer of the, of American Horror Story. He's also a producer for Mr. Robot and 911. Oh, wow. That's yeah. pretty prolific. Yeah. Uh, we have all of our pretty much returning yeah. cast as, like, you know, this series is winding down, and they're really bringing everyone together. So Emma Roberts is Brooke, Billy Lord is Montana, Cody Fern is Xavier, Gus Kenworthy as Chet, John Carroll Lynch as Mr. Jingles, Leslie Grossman as Margaret, Zach Vila as Richard Ramirez, Angela Angelica Ross as Dee Dee, Deron Horton as Ray, Lou Taylor Pucci as Jonas, Leslie Jordan as Courtney, Lily Rabb, right? Rabe yeah, sure. as Lady in White slash Jingle's mom, Dylan McDermott as Bruce, and then our one new cast member, Stephanie Black as Stacy Phillips, who is a reporter for the National Enquirer. Correct. Um, and this episode, it's not kill heavy at all. We no. have two kills. Yeah. Um, and so our main killer, really, in this episode is Bruce, um, who we met last week. And uh, then he, one of the kills he does with Richard Ramirez, with Margaret kind of egging them on. Yeah. So it's really, really kind of narrowed down to, like, these guys being, like, our main killers. All the ones that have popped up. I mean, Mr. Jingles and... Yeah, Jingles is, like, a Montana and, like, all these other killers that we have had, like, have sort of petered out petered out had their own storylines with their kills and this is really i mean bruce is new but it's really been like margaret and richard behind it the whole time yeah um the synopsis is for this one is a deadly trio emerges hellbent on unleashing a new era at camp redwood our former counselors desperately try to keep history from repeating itself um yeah so we start in a diner with brooke and donna uh and, like, Donna kind of fills broken on what she missed in the 80s. And one of those things is, like, the final girl trope. And she kind of breaks down, um, like, you know, that 
either her or Margaret will be the final girl, and she tells her that horror movies all have a final girl, and there's, like, a slide in there about, you know, well, why can't it be you? And she's like, women of my complexion, or people of my complexion don't make it to the end of these types of things, um, which is obviously, that's a knock on the trope that um, black people die first in horror movies. Yep. Uh, and they are interrupted by a reporter who is also headed out to Camp Redwood to cover the music festival. And she's like, um, she works for the National Enquirer and she covers, she said like back in the seventies was all Loch Ness, uh, monster and Bigfoot and aliens. And now everyone just cares about serial killers, which is true for now right now too. Yeah, no, it definitely felt watching this episode. I was like, wow, it definitely feels like our current time that we're living yep. in like this obsession and glamorizing that, yeah that's part of why i've really enjoyed this season especially with all like this stuff since our time jump mm-hmm. where it's about like trying to profit off of these massacres mm-hmm. i like feel I think that's that hardcore commentary on it. i think so yeah. too because i feel that so strongly like like not to knock anybody like i know true crime is huge right now everybody's super in love with it, all the podcasts and the shows and it's not for me it's not something that i'm like into it's not something i'm actually really that comfortable like it's hit and miss i can take some of it um but for the most part um i don't like how a lot of it can end up mm-hmm. sort of bringing fame at the cost of a lot of victims, and I think people forget that, especially with some of these serial killers, like a lot of their victims, their families are still alive, um, or they have, you know, grandchildren and stuff, and so that just like, ugh. I have a hard time with it, and so I've really enjoyed sort of the, that aspect of the show so far, this commentary on people's obsession. And Margaret Hardcore is the one that's like profiting off all yeah. of it. Um, so... They realize that, like, Stacy might know that, um, because she's like, oh my god, she, like... She thinks Brooke is, like, dressing up like a, as Brooke. a Brooke cosplayer, yeah. basically. Because she's like, I know people are going as Jingles and, and um, I don't think Night Stalker. Just no, they don't jingles. know he's Yeah, because they don't know he's there. Yeah. Um, and they leave to go back to the hotel room. Um, flash to, like, the road to the camp uh, where you see Jonas. Finally, he's on his way back to Camp Redwood, and he is picked up by Bruce, um, who has is driving in this like bright pink car with his thumbs cut off and his hands all? Did you know up. what it was when it pulled no, up? No, oh, I, I, I wasn't aware knew. of Mary Kay. Yeah, I. You know what? What's funny is like I know of Mary Kay because Edward Scissorhands and like just oh yeah and like because you know she was Mary Kay and like I I just didn't pick up on it right yeah. away. Um, no, that's and it's still now. I mean, Mary Kay is like really good products. Like their makeup's excellent. It just has to be sold through like independent consultants, which is you know part of not only their marketing scheme but sort of how they protect their brand whatever it's their their marketing plan but that's the thing so now i i mean i don't remember what type of car it was it might have been a mercedes but now that's the thing like you it definitely get, that you like get a like a pink yeah. mercedes yeah. um if you're like a top tier um and he's driving around with his thumbs cut off and his hands all bandaged up and uh jonas gets in the car and they're kind of talking and uh bruce is very blunt it makes pretty obvious like what he's what's going on um and they're i like to they're listening to the go-go's and then he switches it to credence and he's like oh i'm not into this like new wave shit it's all it's got to be about like ccr yeah and bob seger yeah he's like stories man yeah um and then 
he he like you hear the noise from the trunk so he pulls over and um i actually really enjoyed this scene he opens the trunk and he goes we're trying to listen to credence yeah that's great and she got in like the mary Kay lady is like i you know like i won't tell anyone he's like are you kidding me that's the best you got and then it kills her and jonas is taken off no i love that scene it's my favorite part of the episode because uh, that and all the Billy Idol stuff. Is oh my yeah, part the of Billy episode. Idol stuff is great too. But this is so good because he's like, I know, you know, I know how big Mary Kay is. Like, you guys are fucking huge. You're a salesperson, and this is how you're gonna convince me not to kill you. Like, telling her like she needs to put her sales pitch on, and then she literally just tries to pitch like Mary Kay, like yeah. trying like yeah. him being a consultant or something instead of like what he was trying to get her to do, which was like pitch him why she should survive it was hilarious it was so good uh no dylan mcdermott what for me was the star of this episode yeah and also like you know what's funny is i will say as much as i have like i really don't want like the night stalker to be in it because he creeps me out and it's true crime and it's it's like real life and it's weird he's been probably the most enjoyable like one of the most enjoyable characters well, and in this episode in particular like the whole again the whole like buddy thing of him and bruce and like his weird like his weird Billy Idol obsession has been, like, really funny. So it's because they've kept him dark comedy the whole time. Yeah. Where Mr. Jingles has really turned into, like, a, a sympathetic, sympathetic, yeah. sad, yeah. heartbreaking story. And so, like, his storyline's not as fun. And it's really gotten, like, a lot deeper where they, there's no deepness that's come from Richard Mears. It's really just been the dark humor. Right. Um... Yeah, I agree. And, like, as much as, as dark as he's gone, they've always made it very... It's still dark humor. It is. Yeah. It, it's never... It's never malicious. Like, it's never... This episode gets the closest when he tells Jingles he's gonna kill his baby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Margaret and Courtney are on the tour bus in front of uh, Kajagoo. Yeah, that's the band we couldn't remember yeah. last time. Yeah, uh, I don't know. They're one-hit wonder. They make a joke about it. I do not remember Yeah, them. they play Too Shy. They are a real band. Um, but all the band members are dead, and she's like, you're going to clean this shit up right now because this is still going on, and, like, we're not, like, there's no way we're getting around it. So he cleans up all the bodies, and as soon as he does, he hears Too Shy playing, and he goes around the corner, and they're alive. Yeah. Because they're ghosts now. I can't remember what. <laughs> And, yeah, they make a joke, like, about, like, oh, this is the best we've ever sounded. Yeah, yeah, they do say, like, yeah, yeah it's the best it's the best ever been. Um, Richard Ramirez finds out Billy Idol is there. Yeah. Um, and then he does a little bit of a, like, look into the camera high school musical moment of singing Rebel Yell um, before Mr. Jingles tackles him. Um, and then the two, they're, they are fighting, and then Richter, Mr. Jingles, is hit by... Uh, Bruce's, Bruce's Mary Kay car, yeah. and he like he gets away. And don't forget, Mister Jingles is dead. He killed himself at the end of the last episode, yeah. so he is a ghost at this point. Yeah, and yeah, so he kills them, and then of course because, uh, you know, Jonas is a ghost also, and he's like weirdly tied. He disappears as mm-hmm. the car keeps going. Um, and so after that happens, after he Bruce Jingles, kills not Jonas. Sorry. Yeah, that's what I said. You said Jonas. I did say Jonas. That's what I mean. Jonas what? disappeared from the car. He's not in the car. Yeah, he disappeared when he killed the Mary Kay. Lady. Yeah, he yeah, gets back yeah. in and, and he's gone. So it's yeah. it's so it's just him. Yeah, yeah, Bruce is like getting in this situation where this guy disappears. He just hits another guy with yeah. a car, and then freaking Richard Ramirez just pops up and he's like, "Wait, I know you. Like you're my hero." Yeah, he's like, "I want to be like you, man." He's like, "I need my numbers to go up. I'm at six right now." 
He's like, but it's going to be eight after I kill these bitches that cut off my thumbs. Yeah. And so Ramirez, like, agrees to, like, pretty much take him under his wing and they're going to go after Mr. Jingles together. Um, And he uses, like, a spell to try to find Mr. Jingles. Um, Satan tracking spell, you know. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of Supernatural, actually. Yeah. Uh, flashback or flash over to Brooke and Donna. They're in their hotel room, and Stacy shows up, and she's like, "I know who you guys are. Like, I know you're not cosplayers. I know that you're the real Brooke and the real Donna, um, and you were at the camp." Um, and she, um, she like even paid money to see Brooke, Brooke's execution tape. Um, so they're going to go up. To, they they agree to go up to Camp Redwood together, and they're going to tell Stacy like everything as long as she doesn't expose them. And the plan is, like, Stacy thinks she's going up there to be able to write her book about it and get famous. And Brooke is actually planning to kill Stacy. Um, so that's why she does it. <clears throat> yeah, because Brooke is worried, like, this is their one chance of, like, freedom and to put all of this behind them. Yeah. And here this reporter is who's going to ruin it before she can flee the country. Right. And Brooke is like, try- she does tell her that like Margaret was actually responsible and that Richard Ramirez was there. And the reporter's like, are you serious? And she's like, you don't believe us on? She's like, no, I do. Like, oftentimes, like, the truth is crazier than, like, fiction. Yeah, yeah. it's crazier than fiction. Um, yeah, we see a moment between Mr. Jingles and Jonas um and like jonas kind of explains to him this was a weird moment well i think this was just necessary because jonas has never given any information since the very beginning and i think this was sort of their way of explaining that is like once you die so many times here there's only so much of you that really comes back Mm -hmm. and jonas is basically saying like i don't really know what's going on ever like I'm confused. He's like, I've died so many times. And he's basically telling him, like, the first time you die is horrific. And then you keep dying. Like, the first time you die as a ghost is so terrible. And then you just keep dying and you keep dying and you keep dying. And you just keep losing a piece of yourself every time you die. So it's kind of like they're teased into saying, like, this isn't even sustainable as ghosts. Yeah, like, you do, like, like you exist, but not in any sort of way that... You, like, you lose semblance of any ideology of anything. And I think I like that, too, because it does explain why when Jonas is first introduced and how he's just like, I, you're not supposed to be here and I'm not supposed to be here. And yeah. it's all the confusion, but he never really gives up any information. Then now all the ghosts are, like, completely normal. There's and nothing lucid, weird yeah. about it. But even Jonas, this time, and- like, when he gets picked up by Bruce in this episode, he's like, uh camp redwood i have to go to camp redwood like but that's all he can remember yeah like he doesn't remember anything about it so i like that because it did it would feel a little weird if it was just this one ghost just happened to give them no information because it was convenient that we didn't know anything in the beginning and then all the other ghosts are like completely yeah "Yeah, this is exactly what's happening it was a good storytelling moment it was just like weird for me i was like oh we're in purgatory like he's Uh explaining purgatory pretty much um, we see, yeah, it all feels very supernatural. Yes. <laughs> we see um, Trevor with Montana. They're in bed oh, together God. after having sex. This was also so unnecessary, I feel like. Oh, yeah. He just tells her that he hates Margaret and he loves her. And, um, Ma- like, Margaret sees them together. Yeah. Um, and this is, I guess, they only throw this in because there is, like, a plot point later on in the episode. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Uh, Xavier appears and he tells them that he knows where Mr. Jingles is, so they follow him and it's actually Mr. Jingles' body. 
Um, and then Jingle shows up and he's like him and they all have like a dialogue and um, like Bruce is still very in the dark about what exactly is happening. Yeah. He, he's very confused about everything. Um, but Jingles kills Xavier's ghost. Um, and then he tells Bruce he's going to kill him if he doesn't leave. So Bruce kind of goes and stands and watches off in the distance. And him and the Night Stalker are going to fight. And then Margaret shoots Jingles in the head. Um, and so this is basically like when she's like, he's going to show back up. So like, you two come with me. I have a plan. And so the three of them are now at Bruce and Ramirez and Margaret are teaming up yeah. together. Yeah. And she kind of goes into her like thing about how she's going to make camp redwood like the most she names off all of like the famous places where yeah. dead musicians um, are she names off uh it's john morrison's grave um where lennon was shot and graceland yeah yeah and she's like this is gonna be like where all these like the 80s musicians w- died and this is gonna yeah. make me like super rich this was a scene i thought was funny she's like we're gonna kill every band here and they're like duran duran she's like dead and they're like the go-go's and she's like kill him and then ramirez is like don't touch billy but though. not billy yeah and no. even bruce goes oh yeah man no we can't touch billy yeah um which that was one of the few things i liked about this episode uh brooke and donna take stacy to the shed like to show her where everything went down and brooke attempts to kill her when donna intervenes and like tells stacy to take off and you know like she has a whole talk with brooke that feels honestly i hated this part felt so rushed she gives her like a two minute speech about how she's not evil and then they're like yeah they're like back on this like the same side and like we're gonna get margaret and we're gonna have our revenge and everything we did bad in the past is going to be erased because we did this together um yeah i and i think maybe it was just the execution that made it feel rushed because it's not necessarily like she needed to say more or anything it just didn't really feel that genuine of a moment exactly it there, didn't it didn't feel it, genuine at all and it felt like very jumbled like yeah it felt like, like it, it happened needed at a weird to, moment yeah, yeah it needed to, that conversation needed to have like you, you i feel like you normally have that conversation after like Brooke is super emotional and maybe, like, breaks down trying to kill her or something. And then, I like, I feel like that would have been a more appropriate thing instead of her pulling her away and saying, like, you know, this isn't you. You're not going to do this. I think just needed more emotion from Brooke. She was just kind of, like, standing there like, okay. All right. Good talk. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was it just odd. just felt a little weird. Um, Richter wakes back up. Richter slash Mr. Jingles wakes back up. Um, and all the ghosts, once again, all the ghosts of the camp have him hung up and they're telling him, like, you know, they're going to basically kill him again. They keep killing his ghost and they, like, or, you know, trap him essentially and they're not going to let him get away. They're not going to let him do what he wants to do. They're not going to let him complete his mission of killing Ramirez because, one, he was supposed to go talk to their, his mom and, like, try to figure out, like, how to get the hell out of there. And, two, they don't want Ramirez to be dead there because they think he's a dick and then he'd be stuck to the grounds. Yeah. Which, I, that was an interesting plot point too. Like, an interesting thing. Um, and yeah, like, they're starting to realize you gotta be careful who the fuck you kill here. Yeah. Um, and then Montana, like, does say something. He's like, he's gonna kill my son and Montana goes, no, he doesn't kill kids and he goes, maybe not when you knew him. And this is when everyone, no one knew that she was with Ramirez and she's the reason he was there that night. Yeah, and, and yeah, Jingles puts this, like, they came here together. Yeah. The Night Stalker You know what's was weird? Here. I did think was weird, though, is Xavier and Chet are both so mad at Jingles, but Margaret killed both of them. Like, I know I know, Jingles put Xavier in the oven, but uh-huh. he didn't kill him. Margaret did. 
Uh-huh. And so I just thought that was kind of weird that they're so mad at him. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I get it. Like, I get it because, like, essentially a lot of the reasons they did die is because Jingle showed up. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, but Margaret's the one who killed you. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I thought that was kind of weird. <clears throat> Uh, but yeah, this is this is sort of the part that shows like who Montana was even before she became a ghost and kill happy. That she wasn't a good person before. Mm-hmm. The reason that that Night Stalker was here was because of her, and it also opens this whole thing where Mister Jingles is like, "You're the one who inspired him to be." Yeah. The killer he was. Yeah, he's like, you lit the flame. You lit the yeah. flame. That's what he says. And then he's like, you didn't see how, like, what the fire did afterwards. Yeah, it didn't matter. Anybody innocent. Yeah, he Women, was like, children, yeah. didn't matter. And so now Montana is like. She actually does feel regret, at least. Yeah, which is interesting. Like, I, yeah, I get it. Like, you can, like, make excuses, like, oh, sure, he was a killer, but, you know, at least he, what, only killed people I didn't like? Like, was that her justification? I guess, yeah. Um, or, I don't know, maybe... Because she... it's not like we have, like, a sympathetic killer, like Dexter or something, no, where it's yeah, like, yeah. I'm only, like, I'm a killer, but I'm only killing people who are bad. This, that was never, when she stumbles upon him killing that guy in the gym yeah she's like she was like oh cool like that guy annoyed me yeah and then like cool like you want to kill this girl i also don't like for me yeah um yeah it's kind of weird i don't know her character turn is interesting because she gets like real real downtrodden and sullen yeah um we see uh stacy is killed in the woods ramirez and bruce stop her and stab her together um and then margaret that's when she you know, details her whole plan then trevor finds montana and he tells her that he's going to kill himself so they can be together forever and this part was kind of funny because he goes on the whole thing he's like i've peaked physically at 25 so now i'm kind of just plateauing and he goes and i'm not going to get any smarter um but she tells him like that she was the reason ramirez was there and based on his reaction she's like yeah that's right like i'm disgusting and men always blame women and, and like you know never the men which was this is also kind of true she's like Men are getting letters in prison and, like, magazines and, like, getting can, married. Yeah, they can fuck a corpse and still be fine. Yeah, and he's like, and she's like, but, you know, women, like, like they do one thing and no one cares about them and they're disgusting and vile. Um, so she tells him to, like, leave and he she never wants to see him again. Um, and we also see Xavier, Keith, and Larry tie Richter up and they, like, put him in a boat and push him out into the lake. And right before they do, they, like, stab him so he'll bleed out slowly on the lake. Yeah. Um, and then we have our Jason moment. We have our biggest, yeah, like Even most worse obvious. Than last week, tr- like I mean, it's straight up. It's one hundred percent the scene from the end of Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. It's just Bobby reaches up from. I mean, Richter is literally on the boat, looks up, yeah. sees Montana, and the corpse of Bobby jumps up over the boat and pulls him in. Yeah, and yeah. then he sort of wakes up and is like, "Oh wait, where am I?" And like his mom is making a picnic and bobby's there like by the lake and he like tells him a joke and um this is where um his mom's like no like 
you gave me the best gift. It doesn't matter that you're going to lose your son because you've given me Bobby back. Yeah. Like, he's back because of you. Yeah. So, this whole time, Bobby hasn't come back as a ghost, really. Like, she can hear him, but she can't quite get to him. Yeah. And now It's that... definitely insinuated that because Jingles is back, Bobby sh- was, like, his ghost was willing to show up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because not only is he back, but he's a ghost as well. Right. Yeah. Um, that Bobby has come back. And so Bobby says, let's go play together. And they take they take hands and walk off. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah. It's a really anticlimactic end. Um, well, it, I think it's just really... Pl- I mean, I at least think that this is just a sign that Bobby's like the key to everything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, because, like, when you think about it, they even say, like, oh, her death, like, her anger was what launched everything, but Bobby was the first death. Yeah. So, it's gotta be the key to things. Um, like B mentioned, super small body count. We have the Mary Kay lady stabbed in the trunk by Bruce, and then Stacy, a reporter, stabbed by Bruce in the Night Stalker. That's it. Yeah. Um, we see the dead bodies of Kaja Gugu again, but we don't, they were killed last episode. I mean, Mr. Jingles dies a few times. <laughs> I mean, and yeah. Savior. Yeah, and that's Savior true. Dies, so, a couple yeah. of ghosts. Um, Brooke and Donna are final girls technically, and they're like, they're well aware of it at this point. It's very much winking at the audience. Um, you know, we get, as far as tropes go, no real big like tropes per se, but that straight up Friday the 13th, like homage slash literally recreation of the scene is in this. But yeah, it wasn't, I mean, like we mentioned, like last episode, we've kind of gotten away from all of those like. I feel like our first arc, the first five episodes, were like, all right, this is our slasher, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, obviously we're still in it, and we're going to, like, get our climax, and we're going to get all of that. Um, but the, like, forming of the episodes to make it a slasher, that's kind of disappeared the last few. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Uh, favorite kill? I mean... If you put the Mary Kill K was funny, which I agree with. Yeah, I thought it was really funny. Yeah, so, no, I, I mean, love that he opened it. Like, I really did actually enjoy him, like, opening it and being like, I'm trying to listen to Credence. Like, it just showed his, yeah. like, his true psychosis. Yeah, he's just a weirdo who's, like, obsessed with the fame of being a serial killer. Yep. Um, and here we are. Yeah, and I'll say that's my favorite line, too, because I'm trying to listen to uh, Credence. And then also all the stuff between him and the Night Stalker. I enjoyed Yeah, that was all good. Yeah. Uh, 8.2 out of 10 on IMDb, lowest that I've seen so far. Yeah. That's from user reviews, even. The user reviews, yeah, yeah, is low. And then this is actually a slight uptick from EW this week. It got a B, and so last week it was a BW. B, a BW. A B minus. Yeah. Um, B and I both didn't love it. Yeah, I just was a little underwhelmed. I thought it just felt like a little, like I didn't hate any of the decisions they made, but I didn't like the way they were executed. I don't know if it was like the director's choice of like how It felt like we took a long time to get somewhere that we all could have seen it go very easily. Yeah. I guess. Like, I think everything with Donna, Brooke, and Stacey was like really drawn out. Like, way too many scenes with them. Yeah. And also, like, I, same with, like, all the jingle stuff. I mean, the only stuff I, like, enjoyed, like, actually enjoyed in this was everything with, like, Margaret and the Night Killer, the Night Stalker and Bruce. 
Yeah, it did. It, it This was the first episode that it wasn't like, oh shit, it's over. Like, you know? Totally, yeah. It was like, oh, okay, alright. Like, this was... Every time we would cut back, because, you know, they were jumping back and forth between... Brooke and Donna and um, Bruce. We were following um, a lot of people. Yeah, we were following a lot Montana, of people. Hannah, Margaret, yeah. the nice And we just kept yeah. going. Like, every time we went back to people, I was like, oh, wait, we're seeing them again? Like, what else? You didn't finish that already? It felt like every time we returned, like, we had that scene with Trevor and Montana. That was just whatever. That all could have been one scene. It just felt like... I'll be it, Like, yeah. it'll be interesting to see what the last episode does because there are scenes in this, like... That scene with Trevor and Montana where she's like, just, I never want to see you again. That was almost, I, I was like, why does this exist in this episode? Yeah. Like, and then. All of these, yeah, all of this, all those things, all those scenes, I mean, it has to mean that it's got to relate back to yeah. the finale. Because the only part to me in this that was integral was Margaret explaining her, like, plan, essentially. Yeah. And the kind of like i didn't like how the episode ended but like it is essential that we know that bobby is somehow the key to this and he's here yeah and he's there so he um, hasn't been there but like it was just yeah like especially the end of the episode i was like oh that was kind of lackluster it was i would say it's it's not what i was expecting i was expecting us to be like in the festival yeah well and what's interesting is like now the last episode will be on halloween two weeks after halloween because this is, the, it says the day before Halloween, oh, 1989. Because yeah. the festival takes place on Halloween. Um, so I thought that was interesting too. But uh, I would say it's my least favorite so far. Uh, there was some stuff I liked. I didn't like hate it. I just was, like B said, it was the first time where I kind of, I was kind of like looking at how much it was left in the episode. Because I was like, yeah. how much is longer than this? Yeah, uh, it definitely yeah. wasn't. Yeah, it uh, was all right. Yeah. Uh, next week I expect chaos. I like I really expect I mean, them think. to have some I I expect them to have some fun with it and have people playing the go-go's and have people playing Duran Duran and going full 80s. Do you think and, Billy Idol's going to make a cameo? Yes, I do. I, I hardcore. I do. thought that last week I was going to say like Billy Idol has to show up, yeah, right? They've, they've mentioned him so many so times. So much. It's either going to be him in a cameo, which I could easily see cuz he actually still looks pretty good and he like Billy Idol. Yeah. Okay, this is going to be like my one I don't think I've done this before, but like I know people stories. Oh, okay. So like um I I don't know Billy Idol, but I know somebody who used to be playing his band for years and years. He's one of his guitarists. Um when he toured and uh he from everything he's told me it's like Billy's just this like insane guy and they're like still friends and he's just genuine and like laid back and like so it wouldn't surprise me like as soon as they kept mentioning him over and over and i'm like everything i've heard about him like from my friend makes it seem like he he totally just make an appearance yeah and he'd be like oh yeah awesome he was the wedding singer yeah so i i can understand him being in this easily um no i definitely think he's gonna show up i think think they're gonna have some fun doing like like, people playing Duran Duran and stuff. Um, and I do expect, like, I, I think they're going to kill... They killed Kajagugu. I think they're going to have a little more fun with it and be like, yeah, we killed the Go-Go's or whatever. Yeah, like, maybe all the bands that play are actually yeah. dead or something. Yeah, something like that. But then, I mean, we'll we'll get a wrap-up. And I don't know what it's going to be at this point. I really don't. Do you um, think they're going to let Donna be a final girl or do you think they're going to kill her? I think they're going to kill her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. I think they're going to kill her. I wouldn't be surprised if they killed... I am... 
kind of worried that we're going to get us a, a true slasher psych out and think brooke is the final girl and then she'll get killed like literally at the end of the episode yeah um by someone you know right but i don't know yet um, well yeah there there's gonna be like some nod to like a sequel at the end it has to oh it's yeah like, that's like a big slasher a big thing slasher yeah trope. i'm sure there so, will be there's got to be some wink, wink at the very end yeah but no i doubt yeah i think I think Richard Ramirez will die. I think Jingles will end up saving his kid. Like, I'm, I think that will happen. Um, and then Jingles right. will also have to, like, make the... I think it will come, like, he has to either save Bobby or Bobby. You know, his right. his son or his brother. And he's yeah. gonna. it's going to be really hard for him, but he's going to choose his son. Right. Um, yeah. But uh, we'll know next week. Yeah. So if you listen to the regular show, our last episode was Town of the Dreaded Sundown from 2014. Um, and then our next episode is going to be about a Thanksgiving movie called Home Sweet Home. Um, so is that, do we have to record that this weekend? Son of a bitch. Okay. So that'll be up on Monday. Damn. These weeks just moved by so fast. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and until then, keep screaming. <laughs>